This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is preaching today, and we hope you enjoy. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold on. I heard one, one hold on. So we're going to hold on until you got it. Amen. I'm so excited about what God has given me to impart this morning. I want to welcome each and every guest. Heavenly Gospel, can we give each and every guest a warm welcome again? You could have chose anywhere to worship this morning, but we thank you for stopping by here at HG. Amen. Pray something is said and done that will cause you to come back and worship with us. Again, amen. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 2, and it says, He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Panana. Panana had children, but Hannah, she didn't have none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Panina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now the Eli, the priest, was sitting in the chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if only you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and do not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli, he thought she was drunk, and he said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. She said, Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take my servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace and may God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they rose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to the home of Ramah 
Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. It is my assignment to preach and teach from the subject title as we close out this sermon series, Seekers, No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached. Would you bless God as you take your seats? No strings attached. Family, we are in the last installment of our series entitled Seekers. And again, the win in the heart of this message, the common theme throughout the several weeks that we've discussed this topic is when we seek God, we see God move and speak in our lives. Now, we've leaned again on this topic of worship because worship, hear me, it is the posture of the seeker. I'll say it one more time. Worship is the posture of the seeker. And if we're going to see God like never before, we're going to have to position ourselves for it. And worship enables us to do it. So we've discussed that worship is not just a posture, but worship, it is also a response. Somebody say it's a response. It's a response to the revelation that you have of God. That one of the most amazing things that I've read in the Bible is when Jesus healed the ten lepers. And the Bible says that one turned around. He healed ten, but one, only one, turned around and went back and fell at Jesus' feet and began to worship. And then Jesus said, were there not ten that I healed, and he asked the question, where are the other nine? In other words, I was good to all 10, but only one came back to worship me. Everybody on your row, God has been good to all of you. And when you think about how good God has been, despite life happening, it ought to bring about a response of worship out of your life. But as we've been discussing on last week, the enemy, he wants you bogged down with baggage. He wants you bogged down with things to prevent you from worship because when you tap into praise and worship, as I've said before, other religions, you have to go find God. But when you praise God in Christianity, he comes looking for you. The enemy knows that if he could ever get you to shut your mouth and be quiet and to get you frustrated with complaints and different things that are going on in your life, it will prevent God from showing up like never before in your life. But in this season of your life, this is not the time for you to be quiet. This is the time for you to begin to open up your mouth like never before in whatever place that you may find yourself in, crying out to the Lord and telling him how good he is despite the situation that you might be in. 
that even if you can't make it to Sunday, that you can bring Sunday to you. And that you, if you can find worship in your car, God says, I'll find you wherever you are. He says, if you can get it in your shower and you can call on the name of the Lord, I'll meet you in your shower. If you go to your closet, to your secret place, he says, I'll find you in your secret place. But you cannot allow the enemy to silence your voice in this season. Because worship is the posture of the seeker. And just as we discussed last week about David having certain baggage, I believe in our narrative today that there is baggage that Hannah, she had that could have prevented her from showing up to the house of worship and participating in the activity of worship, but yet she kept showing up. Somebody say she kept showing up. And I believe that we can learn from Hannah. We can learn from her response to the things that showed up that ought to prevent not just some of us from showing up to worship if it didn't prevent her from showing up too. In this first uh, particular baggage that often shows up that tries to prevent us from worship, it is this thing of frustration. Somebody say frustration. Have you ever been frustrated before? The Bible says that the Lord, he closed Hannah's womb. The text, it doesn't, it, it doesn't give us a why God did it. It just tells us that he closed her womb, which means there may have been a level of frustration. And it's possible to become frustrated when you've been believing God for one thing and it turns out to be another. I thought I would have some amens right there. And it's very much possible for your frustration to turn into anger because it's hard to admit, but a lot of people are angry with God. Why? Because out of all people you should come through, it should be me. But regardless of her disappointment, she kept coming to the house of worship. The Bible says that year after year, she kept worshiping God, which I think is important to note that she made up in her mind. I know things haven't turned out the way I wanted them to, but I refuse to allow my, my frustration to keep me from worshiping. And I'm just wondering, am I talking to any frustrated saints this morning? That you might be frustrated, but the truth of the matter is, at least you showed up. <laughs> Somebody say, at least I showed up. At least I, I, at least I showed up. When you begin to study the name of Hannah, the very name of Hannah, it means grace. Grace, which is the unmerited favor. It is God's goodness extended towards us that we don't have to earn it. That God is just good to us despite our inconsistency. That he named her grace, watch this, he named her grace before her womb was ever barren. He named her favor before she was ever childless. He named her favorite before her situation came. The reason why he named her favorite before her situation came is because he wanted to know she would be favored despite her situation. He said, before your situation got a chance to label you what you are, I'm going to tell you who you are. So when you get in a situation, you can remember that you're favored. And I'm wondering if I'm talking to anybody that you may not be in the best circumstance, but God yet calls you favored. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, before you get in it, I don't want the issue. I don't want the situation to, 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 to define your identity. But you got to learn to make up in your mind, even when you get in certain circumstances and in certain situations, that I'm still a child of God, that I'm the head and I'm not the tail, that I'm the lender and not the borrower. I am above and I'm not beneath, that I am the apple of his eye. Y'all not feeling me this morning because you are not your situation. Jeremiah 1 and 5 said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet of the nations. He said, your parents might have made you, but I formed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, okay. Yeah, I, your parents, whether they planned on it or not, I know they might have made you, but I formed you. And here it is. When he formed you, he put everything in you that you needed to be able to thrive in life. That means he prepared you beforehand before you would get in whatever situation that you might be in. And I come to let somebody know because he formed you, you're built for it. Ah, God, I wish, I wish I had some help in here that you need to stop crying about whatever situation. You need to stop allowing that thing to frustrate you like it does. You need to allow, stop allowing that thing to stop taking peace the way it does away from you because God says, when I formed you, I put everything that you needed in you for whatever I was getting ready to call you to. Somebody say, I'm built for this. Yeah, yeah, you built for this. Here it is. He named her grace. Favor. Before she became barren. And here it is. Hannah, year after year, when worshiping asking God to give her a child. As I said earlier, he didn't give us a while, but after studying the scriptures, might I use a holy hypothesis on maybe the reason why he closed her womb. Maybe God closed her womb because there were two sons that Eli had by the name of Hophni and Phinehas. You see, you don't know nothing about Hophni and Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas, they were wicked sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hophni and Phinehas were some of the kids we see today that need to sit down somewhere. <laughs> Lady Renee, don't point out our baby like that. and Phinehas in 2 Samuel if you read it says that they had no regard for the things of God. Hophni and Phinehas they were bad. Bad boys. I mean sleeping around with women in the temple offering unauthorized sacrifices. They, they were not anyone to be connected with and could it be that the reason why he shut Hannah's womb because if she gave birth too early, her son would have been raised with Hophni and Phinehas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that if he allowed her to give birth too early, her son would have grown up with sons who would have led her son astray. And oftentimes what we are calling frustration is actually protection. God says, I have to put, I have to put you in protective custody because you don't see what I see. You see to the corner, but God sees around the corner. You see to the hill, but God sees over the hill. You see today, but God sees tomorrow. And sometimes God is not allowing some things to come in your life. Not because you ain't been good, because he's been good. And he sees exactly what you cannot see. I come to tell somebody today that the reason why you haven't seen some things is because God's been protecting you. The reason you haven't seen... What you may have been seeing in your life is because God has been looking out for you. And I wonder if there is any mature Christians that can thank God for the no, that can thank God for the door shut, that if you didn't open it up for me, that must mean you was protecting me from something. Somebody shout yes. <laughs> he he could have been Protecting Hannah. Hophni and Phinehas would have got a hold of her child and influenced him in a way that would have led him astray from the call that was on his life. Somebody say, I'm in protective custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was protecting her. So although she was frustrated, she didn't allow her frustration to keep her from worship. You want to know if you're ever going to mature in worship, you're going to have to learn how to worship past your frustration. <laughs> you're going to have to learn to worship past your frustration. Not only should frustration should have stopped her from worshiping. But she, she had not only frustration, she had a foe. Somebody say a foe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be because in verse number six, it says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her arrival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. The next thing we see is not just her frustration. We see a foe. It'll blow your mind that even though you come to worship God, there are certain people that come to mess with your worship. Sometimes, watch this, you come to church with them. Okay, okay. Y'all acting real bougie this morning, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Some of you, you roll with the foe. Just, just keep, your, keep your eyes right here. Locked. Don't, look, don't look to the left or to the right. <laughs> keep it right here. Yeah, yeah. S some of us, we, we live with the foe. <laughs> But the Bible says, in spite of her rival, she kept coming. Yeah. 
Now, now, what did her rival do? Uh, the Bible says her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. There are certain people that not only come to provoke you, but there are certain people that come to irritate you. But despite of the provoking and despite of the irritation, she, she kept worshiping in praying. And there are times where many of us, we can be asking God to deal with our provokers. There are many times where we're asking God to deal with that particular person that keeps getting on our nerves. There are times where, I keep, where we keep asking God that, God, if you don't remove them, can you just replace them? Lord, I'm not asking you to kill them, but Lord, can you just distance them from me and give them another place of employment? Y'all not talking to me. There are times where we're asking God to deal with our provoker, but what we see in the life of Hannah is that she didn't allow her provoker to stop her from worshiping. In other words, her provoker pushed her to the presence. Ah, God. And sometimes we're asking God and saying, God, could you remove them and could you take them away? And God is saying it to us. We're saying to God, we've never been in this much pain. And God is saying to us, you've never been in this much prayer. <laughs> because your provoker has allowed you to push you to a place of prayer that you never would have been in had you not had to provoke her. Sometimes your provoker is an elevator. Your provoker is meant to take you up to the presence of God and you, instead of you complaining about them, God says, I want you to get to your place where you can begin to worship and not only just talk to me about them, can you talk to me for them? God, I need you to touch their heart. I need you to touch their mind. I don't know why they hate me, but God, I pray that you'll begin to heal them like never before. When is the last time you prayed for your provoker? Uh, when is the last time you prayed for the healing? Because the truth of the matter is, the reason why they don't like you is because they don't even like themselves. Yeah. She, she had a provoker. Sister Penny. Panana. And Panana, she was fruitful. Hannah couldn't have children. Yes, but Sister Penny, she was having kids all over the place. <laughs> see, see, Sister Penny, she wasn't just fruitful and pregnant. She was pregnant and petty. Yeah, she, she was pregnant and petty. I can't stand I'm a petty person. She, she, she got pregnant and, and, and would wake up and, whoo, this morning sickness is killing me. <laughs> petty. She will wake up and say, I'm craving not that today. I'm craving this because of my, my pregnancy. Somebody say, petty. And here it is. Petty Panana is pregnant but still hating on Hannah. Here it is. She has what Hannah wants but still she's being petty with Hannah and hating her when she got the very thing that Hannah wants. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> she is hating on Hannah, being petty with Hannah, even though she has what Hannah wants, which begs the question, why is she being petty? But I suggest to you that the, that enemy, he will sometimes use a foe that has more than you, but they don't have what you need. They don't have what you got. Can I tell you what it is that you got that they don't got? Somebody say favor. Yeah, yeah. So there are times in life where you'll have people who have more than you not like you, but you'll have something on your life that they don't got. And I come to tell you what you got. You got favor. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I got favor. Yeah, yeah. Somebody say, I got favor. Can I tell you what favor is? Favor is the unmerited grace of God. God says when you got favor, favor is better than what a bank account can be. Favor is better than what financial connections can be. God says favor is better than your network friends. That I may not have what you have, but somebody shout, I got favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favor will allow you move from the back of the line to the front of the line. Favor will allow your resume to move from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile. Favor will allow you to walk in and get a diagnosis and to walk back into the doctor's room. And the doctor say, we can't find anything wrong. Somebody shout out favor, favor, favor. And I declare over your life, it shall not be your degree that gets you to where you're going. It shall not be your connections to get you to where you're going. It shall not even be your obedience, but I come to tell you, it shall be because you are favored. Somebody shout on favor. As a matter of fact, while you're sitting there looking at me, the reason why you're here today is favor, 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 favor. It hasn't been your own ingenuity. It's not your own wisdom. It's not your own smarts or your own brain. Somebody shout out favor. And because you favor, that's the one thing that the enemy, that he cannot take from you. The enemy can't take your favor. Somebody say favor. It's not just on me. Somebody say favor. It's in me. Somebody say favor is in me. How do I know it? What's your supportive text? There was a guy by the name of Joseph. And the Bible says that he was favored by his father. And that his father put a coat of many colors around him. And his brothers who became hating on him, they took his coat. And when they took his coat, they thought they took his favor. But if you continue to read, the Bible declares that every place that Joseph went, that God was with him. I wish I had some help in here. Because favor is not just only me. It's in me. And whether you throw me in the pit, I'm favored. Whether you throw me in the palace, I'm favored. Whether you throw me in the valley, I'm favored. Whether you throw me on the mountaintop, I'm favored. I just wish I had somebody in here that can say I'm favored. I need you to let the enemy know. I need you to let every hater know. I need you to let every problem know. I need you to let every devil know that I'm favored. Hey! Somebody shout out favor! Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm favored. That's why I can be who I can be. That's why I am who I am. Because I'm favored. And you can do whatever you want to me. I'm favored. I remember, I'm almost done. 
I remember my grandfather, he had somebody tried to poison him. And they put some poison in his food. He ate it all. And then somehow nothing ever happened. And he came aware that somebody had put something in his food. And after looking at him, he said, do you got some more where it came from? Because you realize, you didn't realize something unfavored. And it's not over until God says it's over. It's not over until God is done speaking. It's not over until God is done using me. And you can do whatever you want. You can throw whatever punches you have. It won't take me out because I'm favored. Somebody, high five your neighbor, say, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored. You got favor on you, you, you got favor on you, you got favor on you. Favor, 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 favor. You may not have the degrees that they have. You may not have the network of friends that they have. You may not have the business acumen or experience, but one thing that you got that you ought to thank and praise God for, one thing that you ought to be able to praise God for is that I got the presence and that I'm favored. You got, be seated, I'm almost done. Got the one thing, be seated, be seated. Yeah. Got the one thing that, that, that money can't buy. Somebody say, favor. Yeah, and so when you got favor, don't be blindsided by the attack. But when you see the attack, it's only confirmation that you're favored. I'll say it one more time. Don't be blindsided by the attack. But when you see the attack, see it as confirmation that you're favored. So when you experience attacks this week, you ought to lift up your hands and say, thank you that I'm favored. I, I, that's just for the mature. When you, when you have something that inconveniences you, you ought to lift your hands and say, thank God I'm favored. Because it's with the favor that God, he trusts you with trouble. God, when you are favored, he won't just trust you with talent. He'll trust you with trouble. And see if you can still be faithful because we can't earn it. But favor finds the faithful. Favor finds the faithful. Right? So when you're faithful, despite trouble, favor extends. It widens. It deepens, and more than anything, especially in the season I am, I need favor. <laughs> I need favor. Not only did she have frustrations, not only did she have a foe to overcome, she had her feelings. Somebody say feelings. The Bible says that when she went on year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, 
Her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat, which means that she was emotional. She, she was in her feelings. She's literally weeping, but she didn't allow her feelings to override her faith. Because the Bible lets, uh, lets us know that she continued to show up to the house of worship. See, the truth of the matter is feelings are real, but they're not always right. Uh, yeah, I'll say that one more time. Feelings are real, but they're not always right. Feelings are fleeting, ever-changing. Feelings have zero IQ. They're up one day, down the next. Feelings change with the weather. If it's raining outside, y'all go to work. I'm sleepy. I don't, I don't feel like doing nothing. Okay, y'all going to act like that. <laughs> y'all get to work, let it be raining outside. Oh, when is this day over? Woo, I just want to get in my bed. I want to watch Netflix. Disney Plus. Lord, hurry up. Let <laughs> Feelings are temporary, but they're real. And we're meant to live with them, but not be led by them. You're a human being, so we have the, the emotional capacity to feel. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can live with the feelings, but don't be led by them. In other words, feelings are a great passenger seat rider, but, not a, but a horrible driver. Say it one more time. Feelings are a great passenger seat rider, but a horrible driver. And when you're driven by your feelings, you'll end up doing things that you didn't even think you were capable of. When you're driven by your feelings, you'll end up saying something that you wouldn't even normally say. Can, can, I, can I just poll the, the congregation here? Have you ever said something in the heat of a moment in your feelings? And 10 seconds after you said it, you said, dang, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh, y'all, y'all, no, y'all, don't get quiet now. Yeah, uh, okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah, many of us have been caught up in the heat of emotion and got in our feelings and said stuff that we wouldn't even normally say. And now we got to deal, deal with the damage that our words created if we would have just shut our mouth. Because you were driven. I'm just going to speak my mind. <laughs> I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. And when you continue to give pieces of your mind, you eventually lose all of it. <laughs> yeah. Year after year, she was in her feelings. But she showed up. The truth of the matter is, when you come to church every single Sunday, you may not always feel the best. Watch this, you may not always feel like worshiping, but when you don't feel like it, that's when you should do it the most. There, there's a transfer they need to happen because that means you're being led by your feelings. And when we come to the house of worship, we are not to be led by our feelings. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith, not by feelings. And when we show up in our feelings and allow that to be the determinant to whether we lift our hands or not, 
our feelings are our God and not God. Somebody say feelings. She showed up. She was troubled with her feelings. She was frustrated, but she showed up. She had a foe, but she showed up. She was in her feelings, but she showed up. Somebody say, she showed up. And there may be some emotional people in the building. I'm done. But let me say this. Alicia showed up. <laughs> I, I might not feel the best in, inside, but at least I showed up. Y'all, I had, I had some discomfort in my chest this morning, but I showed up. And the discomfort that I felt, I don't even feel it anymore. Because we can't underestimate the presence of God. Somebody say, show up. I may not be okay, but I'm still going to lift my hands. I might have just gone through a horrible breakup, but I'm still going to give God what's due his. And I want to do, do I have any worshipers in the building that can say, despite my feelings, despite my frustration, despite my foes, I'm going to worship the God who created me. Certain things can trouble you. Sometimes finances can struggle, can trouble you. Sometimes being single can trouble you. Y'all, my singles make some noise. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Not just being single, but trying to stay safe and be pure. Come on. Being single is not the issue. Being single and trying to live for God can trouble you. Y'all ain't. Being married sometimes. All my married folk make some noise. Can trouble you. Showing up to a job you hate can trouble you. (laughs) Somebody say, I'm talking real good now. <laughs> Dealing with bills and looking at your check stub can trouble you. Not feeling good in your body can trouble you. Not being able to sleep at night can trouble you. Now, now some, all, I know some of you may, might be living in heaven, but I live down here on earth. And I got some things that every now and then that trouble me. But regardless of what troubles me, Hannah gives us the prescription for trouble, and that is to worship. Because year after year, with her frustration, with her foe, and with her feelings, she went to the house of worship. Now, as I was studying this, the Lord spoke to me, because if you continue to read the narrative, Hannah, the Bible says eventually he gives her a child. But while I was reading this, the Lord spoke to me in my study place and he asked me this particular question. If I don't give you what you're asking for, will you still love me? Come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, no, no. See, it's easy to shout when you know you're going to get it. But God says, even if I don't give it to you, will you still love me? Will you still worship me or will you divorce me? Because I didn't give you what you were asking for. He said, will you have the spirit of the three Hebrew boys who were about to be put in the furnace for worshiping God? And they declared before King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, he is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But watch this. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do it, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods. In other words, we're still going to worship the God, that God that created us. We're still going to worship the God who made all heaven and earth. We're still going to worship him even if he doesn't do it. And I come to ask anybody, if he doesn't do it, can you still worship him? If he doesn't heal your body, can you still worship you? If he doesn't make a way, will you still worship you? If he doesn't open up the door, will you worship him? And I just want to know, is there anybody here that said, God, there is no strings attached to my worship because I'll worship you for who you are. We're standing all over the house. We're standing all over the house. No strings attached worship. That if God, even if you don't give me what I'm asking for, that I'll still worship you. That I won't make you to be some cosmic Santa Claus that sprinkles whatever I want. But you will be my God, whether you do it or not. That you will be my Lord, whether you do it or not. Is there anybody here that can lift their hands and say, Lord, I'll worship you. Yes, Lord, I'll worship you. Come on, from the fruit of your lips. From the fruit of your lips. From the fruit of your lips. Why don't you just begin to worship God? Why don't you just begin to love on your father? Why don't you just begin to love on him, 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 love on him. That my love for you isn't conditional. That my worship for you isn't conditional. But because you've been unconditionally loyal and faithful to me, I'll give you an unconditional worship and the praise back unto you. Keep those hands lifted. If he doesn't do it, worship shall be your response. Woo! I know you wish he would have came through, but even if he did it, open up your mouth and declare that he's still good. Frustrations and all, foes and all, feelings and all. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Why don't you open up my mouth and love on your father? Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.